Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 107. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight? I am tired today. Oh my God. I'm so tired. I'm so tired, Matt. Just please put me out of my misery. Yes, I heard uh, a little birdie told me that uh, it was a little daddy daycare today over there at the Anderson household. My wife, who was a teacher, had parent-teacher interviews today. It's like third day of school and already. Um, but still, so that's a 12-hour day for her. So like, God bless her for doing that. My God, that's long. Um, but my kids were, were with me all day today, and that, that should be fine. But they were just not having a good day. So everything, everything was a fight. Like I took them to the pet store to see animals, something they love to do. None of them wanted it. Neither of them wanted to do any of it. Everything, everything was a fight. I feel like I got into a fist fight with, with them. And I, I didn't hit them, but like they just battered me from like the waist down. Cause I just feel my feet are broken. My back <laughs> is sore. I just, and I low energy, just kind of, oh. you do look drained. Like, I don't know. It's like, looks like something came, came over you. It's a rough day at, at the Anderson office, unfortunately. I'm sorry, bud. It's all right. It's just, so, so it'll be one day. I'll, I'll get over it. My energy levels will, will get there once I, I do this more frequently, I, I'm sure. Yes. Everyone, you know, everyone has those days and especially with the young kids, I I get it. I'm not there yet, but I get it. Uh, well, at least you have some whiskey. I see, as you take <laughs> some form, good old so. Kentucky bourbon I got from um, the Three Girls podcast. It's another sports podcast out of Kentucky, and they're, uh, they're fantabulous. Awesome. All right. So uh, for me, yep. I it is the second day of the semester, and I am already like way overworked. <laughs> this is not good. I am running like, you know, when like in, in gym class, I don't know how they did it in Canada, but for us. Just had straight up guzzle maple syrup. Whoever can finish their bottle first wins. Figured. That makes sense. <laughs> so we had to do the mile. And I remember the first year we had to do it in first grade. You had to run the mile. And the gym teacher was like, all right, you want to pace yourself. You don't want to go too fast. You don't want to go too slow. I am not pacing myself. I am going full sprint out of the gate. <laughs> I'm going to, by lap two, I'm going to be toast. <laughs> this is not, we're not at a good pace, Mitch. Oh no, that's bad. I was always good at the mile. I'm, I'm a, I was always a good runner. I got the lungs, I guess. I just oh, finished six on that. On that, that well, we didn't do a mile because obviously we don't have miles here because no one does. But sorry, <laughs> I know it's like two point some odd kilometers, two and a half kilometers, I think. But, but we they, would do that. And I finished six. I remember that. 
Okay. So I just recently finished ninth in a Mud Hero thing. But I get it. I know what you mean. Like you're excited, you're going at it, and you're doing all that work, and then you're like, I'm drained come the end of it. Just done. Oh, yeah. So I'm already burnt out after two days. This is not good. So we <laughs> you need a weekend. Find, yeah, I got to hit this weekend. Football is <laughs> going to be back tomorrow, so that's going to get me going. And then this weekend, full Sunday slate on the couch watching football. So that is what's going to turn me around. Beauty. But let's get this thing started, Mitch. What edition do we got for episode 107? So thank you to Piper again. I'm going to keep dropping the name. Just just Piper. I should drop that. that. Twitter. I'll drop that when I when I do the um, the quiz, so I can bring it up. Um, so Piper wants us to pull an Islanders draftee from the 07. So every year or every episode that we do it grow up by year, obviously. So next one will be the 08. So the 07 draft was not a good one for the Islanders. If anyone remembers that, they didn't draft till the 62nd overall. Okay, so they didn't. Ha- Is that a third round pick? Yes, yeah, right? they didn't have a first. They didn't have a second. Uh, they only picked in the third, fourth, sixth, and seventh. <laughs> so no good. Okay. Uh, so I'm going with the very first pick that they they took that year, uh, in in Mark Kadich, who's the only one who ever played at the NHL. He played oh, eleven games at the NHL level. Islanders got good value out of the uh, 2007 draft. Absolutely. <laughs> found a lot of gems in the rough, and uh, what I mean that I mean they found a lot of rough in the gems. I guess. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. So. Um, yeah, so we'll, like we do every every uh, episode, we'll get back to Mark at the end, so just before our social segment, and go through a few questions that I pulled up for Matt and see if we can get him right. Although Can't I thought you were supposed week. to do them this week. I pass my responsibilities back to you. That's I'm, I'm good at that. I like to push my responsibilities <laughs> off to you because you do such a good job. <laughs> All right, so let's get into our first topic of this, this Mark Kadich edition. Yes, so training camp for prospects is open. We have made it. Hockey is back, kind of, but no longer summer. For me, summer ends at Labor Day. I know you got to September 21st, but uh, it is now time for hockey season, and I'm ready, man. I, I am amped up. I'm I'm ready to go. Uh, what are some thoughts on uh, training camp coming? What are you looking for? What is something that you don't necessarily want to see or you're not necessarily looking forward to let's get into it so not looking forward to i'm not looking forward to potentially not seeing Bodie wild it's a double negative there yeah, but you know what i mean that a lot of negatives but yeah Bodie wild unfortunately we'll start there uh so there was an informal skate on tuesday i guess yes uh, so yes. he shows up to the rink in a walking boot he's got a sprained ankle uh so there's a chance that he won't be ready to go. And that's a real bummer because I wanted to see Bodie Wild, man. I, I know that he didn't have a shot to make this roster, but you know he's someone who's going to play in the AHL this year. High draft pick, a second rounder from 2018, uh, was mocked in the first round in a lot of mock drafts that year. So he's really talented and had a really good year in the uh, what OHL, Saginaw right. Spirit. Yes, 70 so. points from the blue line. Not bad, Mitch. Nineteen goals. Not bad. That was like third. That not like that was third highest ranked defenseman in terms of points in the OHL last year, next to some some kid from that Edmonton drafted Samuel Bouchard or whatever. This is Samuel. Oh, okay. Whatever. I, first I'm name pretty is. sure it is something French. Jean Francois, Jean Philippe, Philippe Michel Samuel. There you go. That's his name. 
perfect. Okay. Poutine, poutine, poutine. Done. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So that's what I'm not looking forward to the most. I, I, I'm really am for training camp. So there's nothing. I'm, there's nothing I'm not looking forward to. Uh, well, we kind of got into it in our, in our Patreon podcast, right? And I didn't bring up the Bodie Wild thing because that happened today. Um, but the one thing that I did mention in the Patreon podcast, P.S., if you're not subscribed to our Patreon podcast, go on and do that because you're going to get another three podcasts a week plus a mailbag plus a newsletter. So, like, what's up? Um, but it, what I said is that what I'm lo- looking forward to the most at a training camp, aside from this Bodie Wild thing, is the inevitability of veterans taking all the spots. Yeah, I kind of see that. And uh, if with Andrew Ladd and Kyle Clutterbuck seeming to get healthy, we're going to get into that more a little bit later, but it seems like the likelihood of these prospects who are now reporting making this team is is getting slimmer and, and slimmer. But I do have a positive spin zone for you, Mitch. On this specifically, or are we are now transitioning to the positive thing? Are we doing like the daily news? You know, when you when you watch a local news report, like they talk about all the murders right away, and then they get into like the fun stuff of like the dog riding the skateboard. It's a positive with training camp, but I, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to be on the same page here. Okay, I'm just going to do it. Yes, do it. So Barry Trotz mentioned Oliver Wallstrom by name on prompt. Okay, so yeah. that was. That was something that we can look forward to with training camp. And he was asked by uh, Brian Compton of NHL.com. He was asked about Michael Del Cole and Josh Hosang. And he said that they have every opportunity, which theoretically should be true, right? Your best 23 guys should make the roster. That doesn't always happen <laughs> because there's a lot of politics involved with uh, what guys are getting paid. Of how much experience they have, stuff like that. But theoretically, if those guys outperform the veterans, they should make the team. Nowhere in the question was Oliver Wallstrom's name mentioned, but he Trotz went out of his way and mentioned that Oliver Wallstrom has opportunities too. He liked what he did in the AHL in the small sample size. Am I reading too much into this, Mitch? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Simple answer. Yes. Oh, I like it though. You're right. So this this is transitioning us into the positive side of things and we can stop talking about the negative stuff but you're, you're right unprompted to sit to single out oliver wallstrom is a great thing it, to be fair he hits an 11th overall pick like there, there's a lot of um weight behind his trajectory and, and where he's going to end up and what he's going to do uh, but he had like you said that 10 game sample size of 0.7 points per game at the ahl level like the second he got there and where hockey was his only focus the lights went on uh, so that that's interesting from a coaching perspective to say like this kid is a professional, wants to be a professional, is doing what he needs to do to be a professional. Uh, yes, he didn't do well at another level, but that other level, let's be honest, is not the same level as it is here. So, whatever I could I could deal with that. Yeah, the thing that surprised me, like I, I'm still high on Oliver Wallstrom, and I think I'm higher on him than most Islander fans are after last year. But I guess by the point was that uh, he didn't have a particularly good year last year no. at the college ranks. And I think it's pretty obvious that you would say his stock is down, right? Yeah, well, yeah. Just look at our ranking. Look at our, our, yeah. our prospect ranking on the Corey Promen rankings. Like, we fell to 16, was it? Yeah. From five? Yeah. That's a big drop. I didn't think it was going to go that far. No, neither did I. That was definitely a surprise to me, too. But 
like this is off of a bad year, so I think that's why it caught me by surprise when I was reading that article, and then out pops Oliver Wallstrom's name. I don't know how serious I could take it, but I know like myself, I'm looking forward to watching those guys, like the Dobsons, mm-hmm. the Wallstroms. It would have been wild. Um, Holmstrom, all those kinds of guys, just because like we know what the veterans are at this point. Right. Like we have a pretty good idea of yes, they just brought in Derek Broussard and he was once a very, very good player, now an okay third liner, potentially. Um but we already have an idea of what these guys is. We know what Leo Komarov is, Clutterbuck, all the vets. We know what they are. You don't really know with these kids. And that's the exciting part. And that's what I look forward to with training camp, so I think that's my biggest takeaway. My biggest takeaway is essentially along the same lines. Is it's not necessarily just the kids, but it's the battles. Uh, I, the, the post that I just did before we, we went on and, and why I delayed you and your life by 15 minutes uh, <laughs> because I wanted to get this, this slider done um, was the three battles I'm looking forward to the most. And one of them is Noah Dobson versus the veterans, the veteran Ds. Because mm-hmm. you know he's pushing for a spot. And like you mentioned earlier, Noah, sorry, Lou Lamarillo said he's going to be given every opportunity, he being Noah Dobson. But he still has to beat out guys like Thomas Hickey and Johnny Boychuk for a spot. And that means like Johnny Boychuk and Thomas Hickey have to beat out Noah Dobson for a spot. So that's three guys that have to bring their A game to camp. And if they don't, one of y'all are are gone. It's Probably. as simple as that, right? Like Noah Dobson doesn't have to be the best player at camp. He has to be good and has to show that he belongs. And the other guys need to show that they are better than he is. That's what they have to do. So they still have to play a pretty good game because I don't think that they are better than Noah Dobson. I really don't. Yeah. Um. I do, I don't. We, there's no way to really tell that because we haven't of course. seen Noah Dobson over here. But I operating under the same assumption as you I, and I think long term yes he absolutely is going to be better and he might be better than them right now it, that, that's the thing too we talked about the forwards at first but with Dobson do I think he's ready probably but it's such a crowded group like where are they going to find the spot for him because you have like let's start from the top yeah Ryan Pulak is playing you are not <laughs> scratching Ryan Pulak like <laughs> could you imagine right <laughs> I'm just. I'll talk just righties because yes. I don't think they're going to put a righty on the left side to get Dobson in here. Um, then you have Johnny Boychuk, who is making six million dollars or has a cap hit of six million dollars, yep. and is under contract for the next four years, and has was at one point a very important piece of this Islanders defense. Correct. It's despite even if Noah Dobson is better than him right now, it's still going to be tough to beat that out just because of yeah. all the past and the extra context and politics like we talked about. And then there's Scott Mayfield, who if this was a year ago, maybe i say like, okay, he's scratch Mayfield, fine, whatever. He was one of the Islanders' better defensemen, and especially as like a stay-at-home guy, he was maybe their best stay-at-home defenseman. And when he was paired with Devontae's, that looks like your second pairing, like, Devontae's mm-hmm. and Scott Mayfield, a year of growth, an offseason of growth, that is, should be your second pair. So then where do you find this spot for Dobson? That's that's the predicament. Exactly. That is the predicament. And not only that, but like if you then you bring in the lefties into the equation, there's another four lefties on the on the roster in Letty, Taze, uh, Hickey, and who am I missing? Pellick. 
Right. That's seven guys. You, you are you going to bring in an eighth guy? I guess, but that that puts extra pressure on the forwards. Right. It's it's yeah. entirely possible and plausible. But then, like, who are are you sitting? Boychuk and Hickey. All right. Fine. Cool. That's that's all right. If if Dobson's playing, but that again puts pressure on the forwards, so we can get get to a, a bit later. But like that, they're. <laughs> They have to do something. They're going to have to figure something out. But to me, it's it's the fire that all three are lighting under each other's butts. Yeah, and it should bring out the best of everyone, right? Everyone exactly. Says competition brings out the best in you. Uh, and that's absolutely a storyline we'll be following this month. It's just that with that competition, you start to realize, like, there's not enough spots for everyone. Like, people are going to get sent home who are good hockey players that should probably be here. Yeah, but that that means sent home to where, right? Like, and you're right. So if we look at it this way, just through the numbers, uh, and I don't really want to answer the to where question because like they could get mm-hmm. traded, they could get scratched, whatever. They're they're not going to be here. But mm-hmm. you look at the roster now in terms of just NHL contracts. There are 16 forwards according to Cap Friendly. There are seven defensemen and two goalies. That's 25 players. You can only have 23 on an active man roster, and that roster does not include Joshua Sang, Oliver Wallstrom. Otto Koivula, Kiefer Bellows, or Noah Dobson. None of the guys on are on that 25-man roster. Two of those guys are probably going to make it or are, have really good chances of making it. Right, so you just gave me, what, five more names? So that's 30 people? Essentially, when you when you have to think of it. So that means, what's, uh, why can't I do math? Seven people have to go somewhere else. Seven. That's good. It's crazy to me that the Islanders are this close to the season, so we're a month out, and there's still so many question marks with the roster in terms of like who's actually going to be the 23 guys come opening night. But that's fine. Like that's what Barry Trotz was saying in that piece, right? Like you don't want to have a set roster going into the training camp. He didn't say training camp, but you don't want to have all your spots counted for because then you don't leave room for guys who could grow, who can develop into these positions who can take them then you you have essentially like you brought up on the patron podcast a team that doesn't have a single player under the age of 25 yeah pretty much (laughs) scary (laughs) but then my counter to that would be then they have to show that they're willing to play the youth over the veterans, which hasn't necessarily been the case. You're absolutely right. That has not been the case. And that's the risk going forward because they, like last year, uh, we had too many NHL contracts, Oh, but they didn't, they didn't play well enough. Well, okay. Well, your first thing was you had too many, but like that was your doing because you brought in Kunakel, Filpola, Komarov, Martin. I love Martin. You didn't necessarily need to bring him in. You had a guy like Ross Johnson who could probably fill that role that you signed to a right, four-year deal. That's the thing. Like, don't get me wrong. I like Matt Martin a lot. I would even be okay if they re-sign Matt Martin after this year, especially if it's a team-friendly deal to bring him back. Yeah, I like him. But you just signed Leo Komarov, and you gave Ross Johnson, who is basically a poor man's version of Matt Martin, a four-year contract. I would say a more aggressive version of Matt Martin, but yeah, absolutely. Four years at a million dollars per. So like if it, I just don't understand like why like right and that that sense. was the conundrum we were in last year he's like we have too many NHL deals but you're like yes you're right but like four of those are yours true a lot of those are Garth with like a lad um name name your pick like yeah all right fine Clutterbuck sure um but you're not moving Clutterbuck to Zeke and Martin because you brought in Martin to have the three right it just it, it reinforces the point that you're making is that they haven't shown us that they're willing to play youth. 
Um, I, I would just think that now is the time. Like you, you had your last year where you figured out where these guys were and what these guys were. Now is the time to be like, all right, this is what I think you are. I'm going to put you in a position to succeed based on what I think you are. Okay. I think. I, I think that's the, the, the second year of the plan now. And then year three forward is we got to acquire some top level players. Like to, to compliment, right? We, we've drafted, we have our core. Well, now we have to compliment by picking, you know, like the Artemi Panarins. I guess, but then I still don't know where you're fitting all these people because that well, you yeah, some resigned, you resigned Nelson, Eberly, Lee. I'm not saying I disagree with those decisions, but you are now locked into those three guys long term, and those are three top six positions. Matthew Barzell is not not going anywhere. No, you essentially have five top six spots filled long term. Yes, so you could add one, but then like, what do you do with Oliver Wallstrom, Kiefer Bellows, Josh Hosang? That could like, that could be a third line next year, right? Like we were talking about the third line this year, which is another battle that we're going to have to deal with at this training camp. But that because essentially that entire third line is up for debate. Right, that's another Pretty question much. that we have. Like we we think, like you said, Broussard is going to be the third line center, probably. But there's going to be a lot of competition for that spot, so he still has to prove it. He's on a deal where they can just get rid of that money. So if he doesn't prove it, you're gone. Um, but then there's at least the wingers. If you if you're guaranteed that that um, God Broussard makes third line center, then you got the two wingers that are still going to be competing for. I don't necessarily know if we are though, and I think we're kind of getting towards our second. Uh, yes. Topic here. So exactly. I think we should kind of just go into that right now Beautiful. anyway. So we were going to talk about Ladd and Clutterbuck's health, which this has a big part of it. So while mm-hmm. we're on the topic of the third line, well, even Clutterbuck's has an impact on that because if Clutterbuck's healthy, that means Komarov would slot up to the third line. If Ladd's healthy, you would assume that he would go to the third line. So Ladd, Broussard, Komarov. Yep. Is that going to be the third line? And then, because that doesn't leave you any room for Josh Hosang or Michael Dalcole or Wallstrom or anybody else. I don't think that Ladd and Komarov start the year on the roster. It's not to say that, sorry, when I say roster, I mean like the game day roster. They will be on the active roster. Well, Komarov will be. Ladin Komarov or Ladin uh, Clutterbuck? Sorry, uh, Komarov will be, but I'm not sure about Lad, and I'm, I'm, I'm really not sure about Clutterbuck. Like they had injuries as of, as of last year, so as far as I know, they could still put them on LTIR as the season starts without having to re-justify their injuries. Like they they're still uncovered under like their last year's injuries, so they could just kind of put them on. Let's try these these kids out for the first ten games. And then go. Although, like, I guess it doesn't really matter. Their their deals won't slide, so who cares? Um, so I that's I, I don't think that it's it, they're, that Lad and Clutterbuck, unless one hundred percent healthy, are hitting the lineup. And even then, I'm not sure about Andrew Lad. I, I just I don't I don't understand why they would do that. Yes, you're paying him five and a half million dollars, but he's given you nothing over three years, and you got a kid coming in that can give you a lot more. What are you doing? I know, but this like we see this in sports all the time. That's I feel true. like when you have someone who is making big money and for a long time or multiple years, they they're gonna play. Like for for example, the Mets traded for Robinson Cano this year, and right. he has five more years on his deal at twenty million dollars. He's been terrible this year, but now that he's healthy again, he is playing because you're hoping that he figures it out. 
It's a little different between Cano and Ladd because this is the first year of Cano versus Ladd's third <laughs> year going into his fourth, fourth. year. But uh, you just can't, like, punt. And listen, I'm not justifying Ladd. Like, he's been terrible. I understand that. But what are you going to do? Just punt away the last four years and pay him $5.5 million to sit on the scratch pad? I, I don't think that they would do that well, but that's that's the argument that you have to get in as management say is it worth it to us to ice him on, on on the roster and play or is it worth more to have him sit and bring up a kid i guess right like they they could use his money on ltir it's like lad we don't think you're healthy enough we're putting on you ltir he can go and get another assessment and whatever and, and argue it or they could say like we want to put you on LTIR, but and even if you are you successfully argue that you can't be on LTIR, we're going to put you on the scratch pad. So how about we work out a deal then? That ultimately. that's what I would do. Yeah. That's the route that I would go. I would look. To, I'd say I'd be flat out and honest and say like at this point, I'd rather go with Talcol Hosang, pick your poison over you know on the third line, but I just don't see like. Based on every decision we've seen so far in the last year with Lou Lamarillo and Barry Trotz, it feels like Ladd and Komarov are the two wingers for that third line. Right. But I think with that, we also have to take the caveat pill and realize it's only been one year. Right. He did this once. Yes, you can look at his entire NHL history, but you're going, it's a different situation. With the lease, they, they traded out uh, traded out uh, player contracts. Yes, they brought in LTIR, but that was strategic. Um, they're, they're, they're doing things strategically to set up the roster. He brought in youth when youth was ready. I don't think he, he necessarily thought Mitch Marner was ready, but he brought him in as soon as he could, like year the, the second year after he was drafted. Uh, William Nylander went to the AHL for a year, brought him in. So like, when these gets when these kids are ready and he sees they're ready, they're, he's going to bring them in. NHL contracts be damned. I guess I don't know. And a part of it too, I think, is the recency bias because we haven't seen him make a trade in over a year. So it's, <laughs> that's wild. So that that's part of it too. Like I just don't like if I would be one thousand or a million percent stunned if I wake up tomorrow and it's like the Islanders cleared out veteran X to clear up a spot for prospect X like that. I just would be, I would be dumbfounded. I'd be shocked. You're right. Cause oh, he's done exactly one trade since getting here. One Matt Martin was for Eamon McAdams. Eamon McAdams. And a yeah. pick, I think or something like that. Ridiculous. Um, he's had opportunities, but he hasn't taken them. Uh, so like, yeah, that, that would be surprising to me if, if he does go and, and trade Thomas Hickey, but I, I think he does it if Noah Dobson is ready or if like, or he trades a guy like Ladd, sorry, we're, we're on the Ladd clutterbuck train. He trades mm-hmm. a guy like Ladd because he just has, doesn't have room for him. It would surprise me now, uh, but I, I would imagine next year would be, would be the time. So like it still gets us into our discussion as of today, 2019, 2020, what happens with Andrew Ladd. Uh, we still don't even know if he's fully healthy. No one, he hasn't come on the record saying I'm a hundred percent, I'm ready to go. He says, I'm good enough to skate. That's all we know is that he's good enough to skate. Is that full contact? Has the doctors cleared him yet? We don't know. So he could he could still be LTIR as soon as the season starts. Yeah, he could be. And I think that's probably best case scenario for the Islanders. I just don't know if that's necessarily what we're going to see here. 
I'm I'm thinking so. I, I'm obviously there's nothing telling me otherwise, but there is nothing telling me that he is healthy. The last I knew is that Andrew Led was not healthy. He was not ready to play. Torn ACL. It's gonna take a while. Uh, this is about the timeline, but we have not heard that he's clear to go. So until I hear he's clear to go, LTIR for him, my friend. I know it's different sports, but ACL in football that takes like you're done for the year at that point. It was a four to six month healing process, as far as I understood. Yeah. So and he's getting up on that six month now at this by this point, right? That's his right. Yeah. So uh, it might be another month or two before he's like, like if he's just skating now, I'm sure you're not in game shape or I don't think he'll be in game shape within the next month. And we saw them take their time with with specifically Andrew Ladd last year. Like how long did he sit? Again, he played 26 games last year. They coddled him in terms of coming back from injury. And I'm not saying that is a bad thing. They did not want to rush him because he can get injured, which he did. Uh, even though they took their time with him, which should be indicative of like, maybe we need to move on from this injury plagued guy that we have for five and a half million for the next three to four years. Yeah. I don't know what you could do with that, but somehow get rid of that contract. Ottawa senators. What's up? (laughs) No, he's not. It's not the same situation. No, he's making five and he's charged five. So not good for Eugene Melnick. No, sorry. Maybe next year. Uh, but what about, I guess, quickly, what about for Clutterbuck? Do you expect him to be playing on that fourth line at the start of the year? I do, which is kind of wild because you, you, you factor in all the, the injuries to his back and you go, that guy had a broken back in like a million different places. And I think he'll be back quicker than a guy with a torn ACL. Right. And it doesn't feel like long ago that we were talking like of all the, we like we rambled off the list of injuries to Clutterbuck's back and we were like we might not see this guy for a long time and it's three four months later and we're like okay here we go ready he's skating he might not be ready and just like lad I don't know if he is or not but he's skating and that's something right like just like lad it's something but this is a back like a billion things were wrong with his back and also they really want him back right they want that fourth line to stay intact like I get they it. They want nothing to change with that fourth line. There's a reason that Casey Zekas isn't being, that they went and got Derek Broussard because they don't want yeah. Casey Zekas being that third line center. As much as I would like to see Zekas in that role, a part of me also gets it too. Yeah, of course. But uh, nonetheless, Lad and Clutterbuck's health has an impact on the youth. Who would have figured, right? Of course. Of course it does. And of course, it's big contracts. It's a $9 million between two players. <laughs> Nine. That's oh, average four and a half for those two guys. Think about that for a second. None of them are worth four and a half million dollars. They're just, they're just not. You could be the the biggest fourth line lover in the world, and there's no way that Cal Clutterbuck is anywhere near worth $4.5 million a year. Just not. No, he's he's really not. Uh, you want to get into Sorokin now? Yes. Let's do okay. that. Okay. So this week, the KHL season started, which I declared officially starts the countdown to Sorokin. Because pew, 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 KHL pew, pew, season... He's coming. Here we go. A year later. Hint, Mitch. Oh. I don't want to... If you, I'm going to like completely like hit pause on this podcast and like break the fourth wall for a second, but we'll get back into it in a second. So uh, I don't know if you you definitely saw Mitch, but you listening. I don't know if you saw on Twitter. I tweeted out 
uh, I made a big purchase for the podcast slash YouTube uh, channel. Yes. So Here's the when you just did that, when when no, not yet. No. But when you did the, it's a hint. When you did that sound effects, uh, sound effects might not be too far off in the uh, near future. Yes, you have to tell me later. Why didn't you tell me this before the podcast? Like, because I forgot, and that reminds <laughs> it me. It should be right in front of your face. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> so now loop that back in. So I officially declare that it's the Sorokin countdown. So we're waiting for the end of the year because that means his KHL contract is up. Yes. And there was a lot of debate on Twitter, and not in a bad way, but just it's confusing. I was confused. Other people were confused. So what we were trying to do is figure out what contract would Ela Sorokin get? when he Does he have to sign an ELC? Can he, does he sign a regular deal? So initially, I thought he would not have to sign an ELC because you would, up until age 24, at the age 24 season, um, it would be a one-year deal. So I thought, okay, he turns 25 in August, so he'd be excluded. It's a caveat. If you are between 25 and 27 and drafted from Europe, then you have to sign a one-year ELC. Yeah. So just to clear that up, Ela Sorokin would have to sign a one-year ELC, most likely at $925,000. Yeah, that, that's the, the, the maximum for players that are drafted until 2022. Is 925. That doesn't include performance bonuses, which I'm sure he's going to get because you can still do that for an ELC. Um, and then he'll get that one year deal, and then then we're off to the races and running with with the white whale. I don't know why I said that accent. The white whale. How do you do a Russian accent with a white whale? I'm asking the wrong guy. Yeah. Anyway, so I won't do it. I'll still be terrible. <laughs> I'll figure out what white whale means in Russian or how to say it in Russian, and I'll come back and I'll say it that way. So. Now that we got that clarification up, and I want to thank uh, – oh, shoot, I forgot who tweeted at me on Twitter. But if you're listening, you know who you are, and I really do appreciate the clarification. Um, are you excited about this, or are we way too early in the process to get excited about this? Uh, to, to, like excited about Sorokin? About Sorokin and him potentially coming. Yeah, I, I'm super excited about him coming. Why wouldn't I be excited about him coming? I don't, but the point was saying, am I? Because I too am excited, but I don't know if it's too early because the countdown technically just started, and there's no guarantee. Like at the end of this year, he could be like, okay, f you, Islanders, I'm going to resign in the KHL for another three year deal. <laughs> Lol, mic drop. Yeah, of course. Uh, P.S. White whale in Russian is, uh, what is it? Bieli kit, bieli kit. So like belly okay. kit, but it's more like bieli kit. Anyways, yeah, um, yeah. Well, I, so like, I'm not jumping around, and I got a countdown or a counter on, on my desk waiting for Sorokin to come over. Um, but the prospect of him, yeah, coming, yeah, is exciting. I, I notoriously though, I don't get excited for things until like the very second. Like, there's, I, I may have told the story already, but like growing up, I I never showed emotion when I received a gift either for like Christmas or or uh, my birthday. There's only one gift I ever showed emotion for, and it's when I got Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time for N64. The only time there's a picture of me like going nuts. Uh, the only time I ever... Usually it's kind of like, oh, cool, you got me this new Nintendo. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for completing your obligation of, of, of this contract. Um, so like when it comes to Sorokin, I'm not going to be excited until the day he says, yes, I'm coming to North America. I'm not going to like lose my mind until then. Okay. 
That's fair. You're I clearly guess, uh, there now. No, I <laughs> am the complete opposite. I am. Well, I'm also the kind of person I like. I overthink everything. Like fair enough. Last night, the Mets blew a six-run lead in the ninth inning, and I stared at my ceiling for like 45 minutes. After that, like replaying that inning and like trying to figure out if that really just happened. How many did they let up that inning? Was it seven? They let up seven, yeah. Oh, they were up 10-4. I saw that oh. when you were writing, and then I oh, oh, I checked in afterwards, but I saw your tweets coming in. <laughs> Not good. Not good. Um, <laughs> Not good. No, but the point being that I way overthink everything. So in September, so what is today? September 4th, 2019, like we are still over a calendar year away <laughs> from the absolute earliest that Ela Sorokin could be in an Islanders jersey, and I'm excited. That's fair. I, I'm, I'm down. Like... You look at his numbers and you go, how how could you not be excited about that potentially being at the NHL level? And now that we know that the KHL is three different ring sizes, and he plays in the, the medium-sized one, which is borderline NHL size, all right, so like, it's, not, not too, it's not too bad. Yeah, you got to think. I mean, listen, I would be stunned if he's putting up those numbers over here, but I still think he could be a... A very good goalie in the NHL. But it makes the numbers a little bit more believable. Yes, the talent is already... Why Every time I type in Sorokin in Google, it just brings up Anna Sorokin. I know, but like Google, you should know by now that I'm looking for Ilya Sorokin. Come on now. If I can say, this happened today. I said PetSmart to my wife when she was leaving because I am taking my, took my kids there today. Boom, mm-hmm. add about PetSmart right away. I know. That's scary, right? Like you don't even type it in, but you just like say yeah. it or think it and it starts coming but up. But it won't give me Ilya Sorokin, even though I've Googled it a billion times. It will give me Anna Sorokin because all I type is Sorokin. Come on, Google. Figure your stuff out here. Um, so, yeah, he's not going to get 1.16 goals against average in the NHL. Well, he could, but like you wouldn't imagine he will. And a 940 save percentage. That sounds improbable. But when you look at those numbers and you you realize, first off, the, the ring size isn't so big or isn't that, that big of a difference. Um, and he's putting up those numbers consistently. You're going, well, yeah, he might not be a 1.1, but when you, you think maybe a 2, a 2 and a 920 doesn't sound terrible. And then when you think about Carey Price, Sergei Bobrovsky, they're 920 goalies, even less, 919 and 918 on their career average. And uh, like 2.25, I think, goals against average goalie. Those are the two best in the league. And he, yep. he's got numbers that when you think like, yeah, he should be able to hit something like that. Yeah, you should be excited. Why wouldn't you be excited about that? Big stuff. Uh, again, still at minimum a year away. Yes. But I am starting the countdown and I wanted it known. That's why I brought it up on this podcast. Now that the KHL season has started. Ela Sorokin countdown clock. It can't really start because there's no end. Like we know that his team's going to make the playoffs, so we just don't <laughs> yeah, know they're going to be eliminated. So I can't officially do my countdown just yet. Um, I want to see you pronounce where he's born. Oh God, Ms. Durenchenk. <laughs> no, I even said it wrong. Ms. Duresh. Nah, I, I can't do it. I have to. I have to split. Too many. There's letters. a lot of letters there. Um, but you know, at least we got Simeon Fringe Benefits Varlamov in the lineup. <laughs> Uh, to like convince him to come over, right? Like, there's no, there's no follow, there's no follow here. It's all gonna happen, right? I, I really think so, man. Like, why? I all summer long, I've been trying to justify it to myself. Why wouldn't the Islanders give Robin Leonard that two year deal? And but they were willing to give four years to Varlamov. I gotta really, at the end of the day, sit here and say, it's gotta be for Sorokin. It has to. That makes no sense. That's a lot. That's a lot of weight to put in a kid who who's never said yes to you, who's 
almost said no to you quite explicitly just last year. That two was years Garth, ago. though. Well, that that's the thing though. He still said no. I he I know he's taking notice and he saw what we did last year because you know he has the internet. Um, and he's seen that the Islanders are playing well, especially the goalies. He saw Mitch Corners there. Uh, I think he can look at it this year, and you know, again, Simeon fringe balance benefits. Varlamov can tell him, like, dude, this is how it works under Mitch Corn. The guy's a genius. You need to come here. Yeah, hopefully, like best case scenario for the Islanders, like this year on the ice, is that Varlamov puts up like a nine twenty five and two forty goals against average. And then, like, goes to Sorokin at the end of the year and is like, look what I just did. Like, this could be you. Tivarish, look, I, I have a good number, NHL. Here's vodka. Come, please. Yes. Da? And then he goes like, of course. That's end scene. End scene. And scene. Fade to black. Yeah, I, I would hope that that's the case. Who knows, right, at this point. Um, but it, it's not crazy to get excited about the possibility of Ilya Sorokin coming over. Look, his buddy Bob, I, I, I call him buddies, I'm sure he knows Bobrovsky, just got $10 million from the Florida Panthers at 30 years old. The potential yeah. to make 10000 sorry, 10000 did I say 1000 $10 million yeah. a year is there. You could, That's a good point. You gotta think, you're not getting $10 million American dollars in the KHL. You're just not. No. Absolutely not. And if you are, it's coming right out of Putin's pocket, and you don't want to be in Putin's pocket, I, I would assume. Oh, no, I was going to say, doesn't he not like Putin? But that's uh, Panarin. That's Panarin. Has been outspoken about uh, Putin. Yeah. Uh, anything else on Sorokin before we get into our trivia? Nope. No, that's all I got on Sorokin. Let's get to some trivia, because I got some, I, some gooder ones for you. I can't wait. I already forgot the guy's name. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, uh, Mark Kadich. K-A-T-I-C. Um, so I want you to answer these three questions. So he was drafted in 2007 okay. by the New York Islanders. In the th- Okay. Oh, I almost said it. Um, where is he playing now? So in 2018-19, where did he play? Like in what league, sorry, did he play? <sighs> so not team, just the league. Okay. ECHL. Incorrect. He played in the DEL, which is the Deutsch Germany. He played in Germany last year. Okay. Uh, okay. So yeah, of course. These I'm not expecting you to get these right. These are just more for fun to like have some. Fun That's part with. of the humor. Yeah. Uh, what position did he play? <laughs> so this one's a little easier, but I knew that you wouldn't get it. Damn you, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> Left wing? <laughs> uh, no, defense. He's a defender. <laughs> so, <laughs> did, okay. did he even shoot left? This is something I always get wrong. Anyway, <laughs> that should have been your third question. Did he shoot left? <laughs> uh, yes, he does shoot left. Uh, third okay. question. So, he's drafted third round. Uh, was he over six feet or not? This is still Mike Milbury era, right? Yeah. 2007. So, sorry, when I say six feet or over, I mean six feet or more. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say yes. I feel like he wants those big boys on the blue line. 5'10". He was 5'10". And he, yeah, so he last played for the Mannheim Eagles in 2018-19, scoring a good 32 points in 51 games. But he's okay, finding his bad. groove in Germany as a 30-year-old. Good on you, Mark, for finding your way. I hope you have a what? good time in Germany. 
When was the last time he played in the NHL? 2010, 2011. Played 11 games for the Islanders, scored one point. Is that the only time he played in the NHL? That is correct. Did he play in the AHL besides the Sound Tigers? He, no, he did not. So he okay. so in 2010-2011, he had a good season for the Sound Tigers, putting up 30 points in 63 games. So the Islanders okay. called him up. He had a, a plus-minus of minus 14, though. They called him up. He put up one point in those 11 games. Played another 14 games for the Sound Tigers in 11-12 and never came back. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so... Good job, Mark, for still Wait, playing. He was though. drafted. He was drafted in 07. What happened was between 07 and 10? Between 07 and 10. So his draft year, he put up 40 points for the Sarnia Sting, 31 points the following year, 54 points in 08, 09. Uh, in 09, 10, he went to Bridgeport, put up 14 points in 48 games, 30 points the following year in 10, 11. That's where he played in the NHL. And that, okay. And you got the rest of the story ish. He bounced around the Dutch league, the KHL, the Swedish league, back to the, the Dutch league. Sorry, the Dutch, I mean the Dutch league, German league. That's way too much information on the guy whose name I already forgot. Mark Kadic drafted third round by the New York Islanders in 2007, 62nd overall. And I don't know this as like encyclopedic knowledge. Please, you listener, don't take this as encyclopedic knowledge. I looked this up before the podcast. Right. And that's why it's fun because I don't. <laughs> exactly. He goes in blank. So, all right. Uh, let's get into the social stuff. Mitch, what do you got for us this I week? I don't have much. I just have one. And it's the fact that the Islanders have a social media, a new social media person. Damn it. You took oh, mine. Sorry. <laughs> and they are on fire so far. It's great. The coverage is great. The Instagram coverage is nice. Getting up on Twitter. We'll see what happens during the season. But they seem to have a voice and they seem to have a personality. So good on you. Is it Jennifer or just Jen? I don't remember. I thought it was Jennifer. But either way, Jen or Jennifer, same thing. Good job so far. Great. Love it. I I can't wait to see what happens in this season. God, we need this so bad. Yeah. I like because it's showing a little bit more personality too. It's not as dry. That's right. Exactly. The Islanders you know, like the have now scored a goal in the hockey game. Come on. In the hockey game with 18 <laughs> left in the first. It's like John Tavares is tweeting it out. That's what it was. <laughs> That's what it was, yeah. Uh, must have been. All right, so I'll give you one. Um, from Brian and Compton, he talked with Semyon Verlarmov, and uh, he was talking about Long Island and how when he was a visiting player, all he saw was... Coliseum and the Marriott. And now that Mitch has visited Long Island and, you know, seen and been to a game at the Coliseum, you, you see that in that area it is, it, you know, it's Hempstead Turnpike mm-hmm. and there is the Coliseum and the Marriott. And then, like, yeah, there's the colleges right there, but it, that, that it's not a lot going on. <laughs> right that, that's understandable. Not a lot. No. Right. Because I'm sure you get brought in on the team bus and, like, you see it's a big parking lot with a hotel and a. Uh, arena, so we get that. But he goes on to say he, uh, and I'll quote him now. This is Varlamov talking. I absolutely love this place. Long Island is beautiful. It's a beautiful place to live, and that's good because it shows like someone like yes, as a visitor, you only see this little part, but it's actually a really good place to live, which is true. I can admit that it is true. It's a beautiful place. I, I had never been. I'd gone to New York a ton of times, but obviously, it's like. 
um, a tourist, you don't usually go to Long Island because none of your friends want to go there. Even though I'd like to go to see the, you know, see the Coliseum, even if there's no hockey, because again, as friends, you di- you typically as tourists you don't go to New York City in the winter. You usually go in the summer. What? But I'm gonna let you finish. But one, like to jump in for a yeah. second, it, that is kind of laugh out loud funny. Like me picturing you, like on an off day, just walking through Hempstead and Uniondale, like looking at the Coliseum, like that. As a Long Islander, like that is just a funny image. That that's like a thing. To <laughs> I do. wanted to, but none of my friends were, were willing, and I, I could have taken the train by myself. But then I was like, ah, if I get lost, because you know you could get lost. I'm of known course. for getting lost. I've called my parents drunk when I was in Russia because I was lost. <laughs> woke them up like bright and early in the morning like mom i don't know where i am in moscow oh wait i found myself hook up see you later love you <laughs> um so I, I never went but like now that i've gone and i, and I visited I'm, I'm there every year it's just it's perfect it's a perfect place I, I don't understand why anyone wouldn't like it yes it's not hip and happening but you know what take a train in drive in you've got expensive cars drive in you're a hockey player right and that's the thing like depending on where you live like let's say you live in in nassau you're a 30 minute train ride from the city if that and you could drive it's a long drive but you're a two hour drive away from the Hamptons if you want to really get away and like out on the yeah on the water like like, you're right there everything's there I don't know I but I think that's a positive sign that someone who is maybe down on the idea of living on the islands and playing for the islanders has come around on it yeah, but we hear that a lot, right? When players come, they come to stay. It's just getting them to come. So I was like, look at Panarin. Like, I don't want to go to the Islanders. Buddy, you're right there. You're going to make more money and you're right there. Just go there. Just go and buy that dumb billboard on wherever, whatever street the MSG is on. I don't even know what stupid street it's on. Some avenue, I'm uh, sure. 32nd, maybe. I don't know. New Yorkers are going to get mad at me. I don't know the city. Who cares? That well. Stupid. I think it's 32nd. That's stupid. Uh, it's great to find your way because it's great, but other than that, it's stupid. Um, but yeah, the, he could have bought those billboards with the extra million dollars he's going to make from the Islanders per year. He could have done it every year. Just the billboard right in front of MSG and said like, meh, He could have done that. Or said like just a picture of his face, Artemi, I am great Panarin. No. Could have. Because he wants to have like super expensive condo, I guess, in Manhattan. And also, I think like he's starting a YouTube channel and I feel like he's trying yeah. to market the you know what out of the Rangers and like they are the more marketable team than the Islanders so I think he's kind of trying to parlay that that's into true stuff off the ice I'm sure I'm sure New York Rangers well I, I not I'm sure I know New York Rangers ranks higher in terms of New York against New York Islanders in terms of SEO so yeah it's fair yeah and um I do have another one for okay. you this is a pretty good one from social so Derek Broussard came in and he's wearing yes. number 10 right <laughs> Uh, if you remember last year, Jan Kovar, Kovash, however you say his name, was wearing number 10 for training camp. <laughs> Apparently, they did not get Derek Broussard new gloves yet. He is wearing Kovar's gloves. It said Kovar on, on the gloves. That's wild to think How about, about it, right? Like he's They just had these things lying around for a year. Like, oh, hey, here's some pro gloves. They're, they're orange and blue. They say Kovar on it. Don't worry about it. They're not cursed. <laughs> it's fine. But... <laughs> Is it kind of like they're the same size? I guess glove too. But I don't. Do gloves come in very drastic sizes? It's different. It's inch. You get fourteen inch, fifteen inch, sixteen inch. Right, but we're talking about like three different inches. Like if I'm gonna for a couple of days work with fifteen inch gloves rather than fourteen inch gloves, whatever. Yeah, I guess you get extra right. wrist protection at that point. 
Well, maybe not. No, because it probably pushes down on your between the fingers a little bit more. It's a little looser on the hands. I don't yeah, know. I'm sure they're not like running the gauntlet yet. Like, he doesn't have to report to camp till the 12th, and he's already there. So I- I'm sure they're getting him something. Although I guess why didn't he just wear his Colorado gloves then? Right, because you see the goalies all the time. Like after they get traded, they still wear their old pads for a couple. Yeah, while well, they weeks, get the new you know? ones fitted and printed or printed, but made, I guess made. Yeah. Uh, so that was it for me on uh, social. I don't know if you had anything else. That's all I got was okay, stealing so, your thunder. Thank Typical. <laughs> uh, so before we get out of here, I'm just going to do a couple plugs. Yep. So wherever you're listening to the show, please make sure to subscribe and give us a rating. That would really appreciate it. That the more of those, the more searchability for us and the more we can grow, which we genuinely appreciate. Uh, you could also join our Patreon at patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. We do a lot of extra content there during the regular season and playoffs. We do post game podcasts, mailbag shows, and we still have a month left of SummerSlam where we are going to break down various topics more in depth over there. So you could check that out. Um, you can follow along with us on social media at eyes on aisles FS on Twitter. My personal Twitter is at Matt O'Leary and why Mitch's is at TLO Mitch. You can like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. You can also download our app, the eyes on aisles app available for Android and iPhone, or you can visit the website eyes on aisles.com for all your New York Islanders needs. Mitch episode one Oh seven in the books. We finally made it to September. Hockey is here. Yes. Hockey is back, baby. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Oh, I mean, uh, anyways, screw to the summer. Bring on the winter, right? We are here, I guess. We are here and ready for it once again. He's Mitch Anderson. I'm Matt O'Leary. We'll talk to you guys next time. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.